Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dosh, Rinko Levers. <laughs> Hello, everybody. A non-synchronized, somewhat impromptu, and yet it's still six in the morning on Tuesday, episode of Wrong and Wronger coming to you. I am Steve, always on time, Olivas. He is James, dragged his ass out of bed five seconds ago, Breakwell. And James, brother, how are you doing today? I missed that bed. I, I don't know why I got here. Uh, mistakes were made. <laughs> are you there? Yeah, yeah, you went silent, which is weird. I thought maybe you had a stroke. Oh, no. I, I threw the question to you, and usually you say, I am spectacular, and then you launch into why you're not spectacular. I thought I would roll out the red carpet for that self-deprecating humor of yours. I, I respond. Maybe you didn't hear my response. I did respond, but it was brief and to the point because I figured you must surely have something important to talk about today to make me wake up and be <laughs> conscious at this ungodly hour. <laughs> James is almost never not where he is supposed to be when he is supposed to be there. And so when his phone rolled to voicemail this morning, I thought somebody broke into the Breakwell house and murdered the entire family in their sleep. And uh, then, James, I looked and he had texted me saying, I need a few extra minutes. So, James, I can only assume it was some kind of hostage situation. And you broke free, possibly by chewing through steel cables to rescue your family, take out the, the intruders, call the police and hold everyone at bay until the SWAT team arrived. Is that what happened? You know a lot of very specific information about what happened this morning. And it makes me think you had something to do with it. Also, none of that happened, and it just took me a minute to roll out of bed, throw on some clothes, and brush my teeth, which I don't know why I bothered, because it's not like you can smell my breath from there. Or maybe you can. I don't know. Uh, well, James is Mr. Grouchy Pants today, what? because, you know, when you just wake up, when Olivas kicks open your door and shines a light in your eye, even though... James, we've been recording at this time every Tuesday for the past four or five weeks now. I would think you'd be used to my shiny face this early in the morning. I, I don't think anyone could get used to that, even even if subjected <laughs> to it on a regular basis like a regimen of waterboarding. But what time, I guess, why don't, why don't we go through your, your absurd morning routine anyway? What time do you wake up these days? Like two or three in the morning? 2.30 this morning. What, what time do you go to bed? I don't know. Usually I fall asleep in my chair and then uh, Mrs. Steve, in a fit of disgust, at some point turns off the TV and goes to bed. Sometimes when she's being charitable, she'll cover me up in the chair and other days she just like throws her drink on me and walks away. But uh, I don't know, 8.30ish, 9 o'clock maybe? You're, li you're like my dad because he, he'll say he goes to bed at like 10 or 11, but really he's asleep in his chair at 7.30. <laughs> I, just, I just don't get it. Why don't you and all the other people in your ancient age bracket just adjust the hours you're awake? Instead of getting up at 2.30, why don't you get up at 6? And instead of going to bed at 7, why don't you go to bed at 10? What, what advantage is there to being out of sync with the rest of humanity? 
James, I got too much to do. I'm a busy, in-demand, on-the-go, up-and-coming guy. And there's not enough hours in the day. I have so much I have to do. And it's a little bit hampered by a one-hour commute each way. So that kills off. It's a little over an hour. About two and a half hours of my day is spent driving. So when you back that out of the equation, I just have too many things I have to get done and not enough time to do it. And I don't get home until after dark either. Yesterday, I didn't get home till 6.30 or 6.45. By the time, excuse me, by the time I had dinner and kind of settled in, I only had about a good 45 minutes of time before I started taking little nappy poo time in the chair. And then uh, that turned into the alarm going off at 2.30. You do realize that shifting around the hours you're awake doesn't actually give you more waking hours. You you are aware of this, correct? <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm more productive in the morning than the evening. Like tonight, we have play rehearsal until 8 o'clock. So I'm up at 2.30 in the morning. I got to shoot through my day. And today, I am running from one thing to the next, and I'm completely book solid. So you, you being six minutes late threw my whole day off, James. My earth is tilted on its axis, and I may not survive because of it. But by the time I get home, I will have already been asleep for 20 minutes, and part of that's going to be driving. I'm not sure how this is all going to work out. Well, I, I got you covered, because what we're going to do is we're going to mm -hmm. do this podcast at double speed. Like, people won't have to adjust it to switch <laughs> to double or triple speed, so they have to endure less of us. We will speak at double speed. It will be recorded then. If they want to hear us normally, they will have to slow it down to half speed. Wow, I, I, you're going to like take a hit off a helium balloon in order to do that, James? Uh, that would not speed me up. That would just make my voice higher. I will, I will rely on my natural enthusiasm and eagerness for life to speed along oh my, my speech God. patterns. Well, James, I have a pipe in my mouth today, and I sent you a picture, and you were so gracious to receive the picture and heap praise upon me for my esteemed and erudite look. You know, I was going to go a completely different way and zero in on the 90% of your life you're waiting, wasting in the car, but I forgot. I forgot about that devastating picture you sent me early this morning <laughs> while I definitely wasn't on the toilet. So please tell us what's up with the pipe. I am just telling everybody a little promotional prop here to say, don't forget, we will be streaming War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells, adapted by Orson Wells, later this month. And one of us, James or me, one of us, possibly a distinguished gentleman with a pipe, has the lead that is, uh, or, uh, is playing H.G. Uh, Wells' role in that play. You are you are broadcasting this train wreck. This is this is news to me. Not welcome news, but just news. <laughs> community theater is meant to be done yeah. in a dark, tiny room with two people <laughs> in the audience, both of whom are related to the people on the stage. You can't just stream community theater. Then it's no longer community theater. Then it's it's just TV. Well, last year for Halloween, we streamed The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. In which I didn't have the lead, but I was the narrator. I was in every scene. Obviously, they wanted to take advantage of my dashing, leading role man looks and uh, my, my, the mellifluous sound of my caramel smooth voice. 
you do realize that 100% of your problems are self-inflicted, right? Just much like you buy a cursed ranch and then complain that the ranch is cursed, you complain that you have no hours left in the day, yet you are going and taking on the lead in a play that nobody wants to see or will watch. Why, why did you do this thing? I ask myself these questions every night as I'm crying myself to sleep, James, but I don't know. I enjoy doing something, and because I have this podcast in my life, I need to balance it out with something enjoyable. So uh, that's probably why. They're just it's a little island of enjoyment in my week. But I, I've got to think that it, it wouldn't be so enjoyable because you much to our detriment, enjoy putting out your own words. You like coming up with the things you say, and this is something written by someone else. This is, you are just following a script. You are coloring within the lines. No creativity needed. How, how does this scratch that itch? Oh, James, obviously you have never witnessed me in community theater. <laughs> <laughs> I, I take those words written by somebody and I make them my own. I am highly dramatic in this role, James, because it's the end of times, do you understand? Last year, I put on an English accent when I was doing my narration. This year, I got a little bit of an accent, but it's a little more East Coast New York-y than it is English. And uh, I bring the power of drama to the stage. Speaking of filling in roles that nobody wants, uh, what was up with you in that text message about like finding your replacement and soliciting for it on Twitter? I, I, you had some scheme, and I think you were excited about it, and I instantly shot it down. I guess, why don't you walk us through it first, and I will tell you why it was a terrible idea. Oh, all right. I do also have a follow-up from last week's viewer mail. The mail continues to pour in, oh. James. But... Uh, it's actually, we, we've, we've awakened the beast because we got a lot more comments this week. Most of which, remarkably unflattering toward Dr. Steve, but I, I will get to there in a minute. So, at some point during the week, because Mrs. Steve had a rifle as I drove home, some people were speculating that this might be the last show or two that Dr. Mm -hmm. Steve will be on, and James is going to have to look for a suitable replacement. And I thought, wow, this could be like a reality show, that uh, we could have people like uh, write a few sentences to audition why they would be an apt, apt, A-P-T, an apt replacement for me to co-host Wrong and Wronger with you. And I said, hey, James, you know, because I'm always looking for fun things to do to make this podcast anything other than the dreary Baton death march that it tends to be. And I said, let's do this. And you said, nah. And, and then you never heard from me again. And that was the end of that. that that's how most good ideas go in the break. Well, uh, like his orbit. They just, they crash. They die. Well, uh, let, me, let me just tell you why it wasn't going to work. So, Nobody even knows I have this podcast, which is which is a consequence of having between zero and zero listeners. But to pile on that now, thanks to a certain billionaire who may or may not ruin social media, I now have between zero and zero readers on Twitter. So I will be talking to no one to find a replacement for a podcast that no one listens to. Like, I'd be looking for a subset of a subset of nothing. And it just, I couldn't, it would be, it would be like, 
like when I try to get people to show up for my book signings. Like there were, there are in theory a lot of people out there who read my tweets, or there were in the old days. But the idea of finding the ones who are enthusiastic and geographically located nearby and and willing to drive to someplace because they are free at this particular night on this particular time slot. By the time you get through all those things, you're, you've gone from a million people to 10 people. And now, I mean, best case scenario, we're going from like eight people to negative five. So I would just, I'd be rolling this thing out all excited, thinking they're going to be all these applicants and it was just going to be crickets. And I just, I can't handle more rejection in my life, Steve. I just gotta, I gotta take a step back and stop giving myself these L's. You know, I remember when I was rosy-cheeked and optimistic about all the upside potential of these podcasts. You and I took a retrospective look a few weeks ago about the origins of Wrong and Wronger. And I do remember, because I thought, dude, this is to myself, because I'm the coolest guy I know. I'm like, dude, Breakwell's got like 1.2 million followers. Like, we are going to be a home run. And I said to you, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I said, hey, I know the guy here that runs the big comedy club in town, and we could probably do like a live broadcast of Wrong and Wronger on stage one night. And you said, well, let's give this a minute to get some momentum. And then we released our biggest show ever. Do you remember the topic of our most downloaded episode ever? I absolutely do not. Maybe the shower, peeing in the uh, shower, was that yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Do you pee in the shower? Yes or no? That was our argument. I obviously took the voice of reason and said, everybody pees in the shower. <laughs> and then you feigned outrage and lied to everyone and said you would never pee in the shower. But the point is that uh, after that one, we surged. And James, it has been nothing but downhill coasting ever <laughs> since then. And so I hate to admit you were right, but you were right. <laughs> I never underestimate my accuracy when I'm assessing my own lack of broad appeal. Like, I know my failures. <laughs> I know my weaknesses. I am zeroed in on them. And uh, they are myriad and they are powerful. So, yes, yeah, so well, maybe maybe our problem, maybe where we went wrong is when we had our peak there, when everyone was really interested in peeing in the shower, we should have just turned this into a peeing in the shower podcast. And instead, Ooh. we moved on to other topics. We're like, well, the peeing in the shower crowd will obviously like to hear about other things. Things and they don't. They are exclusively interested in peeing in the shower, and we failed to understand that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, sandals versus, like, tie shoes, or Crocs versus shoes, or ketchup versus mustard, all of those, while compelling in their own right, just didn't generate the same controversy as peeing in the shower. Yeah, and I, I don't know what it is. It's the most disgusting thing in the world. I don't know why anybody would be fired up about it. But oh, I guess I guess there are just there are just a lot of social deviants out there hiding in dark corners of the world and they felt seen and heard to know that you, their fellow deviant, <laughs> was out there in the public eye. And I, I think that's what it was. But I mean if you look like we had like what, six thousand or nine thousand downloads for that one, but like out of a population of seven billion, like those were the only shower peers. And then you've also got to factor what? in that probably a large percentage of them were just people disgusted with those deviants. So like maybe two thirds or three fourths were there just to support me. And then the tiny fraction were the people who you don't want to ever see out in public. Oh, oh, oh al contraire. I, I believe I won that debate handily. I don't know how the Guam quarter of fate shined upon me that I got the side of righteousness, but 
Obviously, it would have been an almost Herculean task to argue that you can't pee in the shower because that's like going against human nature. That's like saying you don't breathe. It just doesn't make sense to people. I almost said don't breed. I guess that's <laughs> probably under the same category. But anyway, uh, uh, Breakwell did have to lie and uh, shade his truth when he said he doesn't pee in the shower. And uh, that became that became like the spark that lit our eternal flame, James. But then, then apparently the cruel hand of fate peed all over our campfire and put it out. You know, that was, I, we say momentum, but like that was like episode 150. Like it was way deep in this. And we were not no, building. It wasn't? We were not building up until that point, and we did not build after that point. It was an aberration. And as somebody who's gone viral many, many times, let me just say that it is very possible to have a huge speak, uh, spike in viewers and attention and have it lead absolutely nowhere. Because people aren't interested what? in you. They're interested in that one particular topic, and then they drift away. But yeah, I, I think it was, it was fairly deep into our run. It was, it was not early. Boy, I remember it as early because we were, our very first show ever was, uh, do you remember that one? It was something about goldfish? I, I don't remember, actually, no. Oh, you uh, you spent a lot of time researching this one ahead of the very first recording we ever did. Does I, that I, ring a bell? I think I ranted to myself while mowing the lawn, if by that you mean research. It takes me half an hour to mow the lawn. I built up some arguments in my head, and then we had very <laughs> poor recording quality. I could not, for the life of me, tell you what that topic was, though. It was toilet paper. Do you put the roll on going over the top or under the bottom? Man, with, with compelling issues like that, I can't believe we're not number one on all the charts, man. Where did we go wrong? <laughs> but as we were, the, the point that I was making is as we were kind of searching for topics, that seems like a natural one to come up early. And I, I, I recall it as being early. I don't know how much time it would take to dig backwards far enough to actually find it. It's certainly not worth it for either of us, you know, being the in-demand people that we are. But I'm sure some super fan will go back and at least tell us which one of us is correct. My over-under, you're saying it was over 100. I'm saying it was well south of 50. My Mason-Dixon line is 50. Do you agree? Would you take over and I take under and you be good with that? Yeah, I'll take over 50, you take under 50. That That's fair. By the way, we used to have uh, what we called them interns. We had two volunteers who would go through and tabulate the results of these polls. And uh, yep. one, I think, has disappeared off the face of the earth. And the other had serious health problems, probably caused by our podcast. Like, I hope she does not sue us for <laughs> workers' compensation. Just the psychological damage destroyed her body. We are, we are not good people, Steve. We use up people and we spit them out and we give them nothing for their trouble and that's probably why we have zero listeners but we do have some commenters and now that you have stirred up the hornet's nest and got four more people to comment i feel like we're obliged to read them on air because this is going to be our only shtick it's just this is going to be a podcast of us reading things that people posted about us <laughs> well i will begin with one that is very flattering to dr steve justine rogers writes i feel quite honored that the great Steve Olivas reads all the comments. 
That's very cool since I thought neither of you would have the time to read the comments. And I will add, Breakwell has plenty of time but no desire to do anything for the fans. And so he doesn't read the comments because he's he thinks he's above the rest of you. He's an elitist from Indianapolis. You know how they are. I, I do not read. Uh, I will say. <laughs> I do not read the comments because I'm a delicate little flower. And one harsh word will ruin my <laughs> life. So I have to stay in my little bubble. <laughs> There, there were several people, not just on YouTube, but also on social media, that took me to task and took your side on the Raven versus Crow debate. I, I am now a repository for all of the natural wildlife resource agencies, <laughs> like databases on what a crow is versus what a raven is. And the three things that I found out, one, uh, ravens actually look kind of cool that uh, they're big, they got a little hook on the end of their beak, and they have like shaggy feathers all the way down oh. their neck and their breast. And they're, they're intimidating, imposing looking <laughs> birds. Uh, number two, I don't have those on the ranch. You were correct. They are enormous crows, not ravens, uh, because apparently ravens only live in East Tennessee in the mountains. And number three, we have several listeners with way too much time on their hands. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. I think the takeaway there is that you said we have listeners plural, so good for us. Recovering from that post shower peeing slump from our heights in the in the four digits, now we're up to we're up to high single digits. It sounds like so. Uh, yeah, we're making progress again. We're building back. Uh, that uh, the first one of those that I received was the only one I wrote down. That's from Don Santiago. Uh, I do want to say Susan Bennett took me to task by saying she did spell baited correctly versus baited breath. And I said she spelled it with an I. She said she didn't. I think she went back and edited her comments <laughs> so that she could say. But she did say, uh, let's see, James, I don't know why she's talking to you because you're not going to read this anyway. <laughs> You've overtaken Dr. Steve in the win column simply, <laughs> simply by not commenting on the comments and then shaming Dr. Steve. I love the show. Yes, I, I will defend the listeners misguided enough to comment here. I just We have like three people who like us, and here you are <laughs> mocking their grammar. So I, I do have enough self-awareness to know that's probably not the best way to make people like us. And then that new writer, this is the last one I'll share, Revolver1701 writes, uh, he also, or she, I'm guessing a he, not a lot of women are going to call themselves Revolver1701, but uh, talked a little bit about bated breath again and gave me a lesson in grammar, but added bated <laughs> breath is what coyotes get from laughing, watching Dr. Steve on the porch for five hours, scanning the field like a modern day Nathaniel from Last of the Mohicans. I don't even get that reference, James. Or it could be the breathing of Mrs. Steve after being awakened by a booming rifle shot at 6.30 in the morning only to see Dr. Steve standing in his Spider-Man underwear. And, James, I'm insulted by that because I only wear Underoos brand underpants because they just fit me better. And I, it was Batman that day, not Spider-Man. Well, speaking of which, this brings me back to a point I wanted to say earlier, but I just have so much going on. I, I, I can't focus on just one, you know conversation thread you okay so you're on this porch you're shooting at coyotes yeah. 
And once yeah. again, it's been another week. You still have zero kills to your name. I, I, I called this correctly again. But you, the most adamant shower peer on earth, don't even pee in the shower. Because you have said very often on here that that very same porch that you fire off of ineffectively with your gun, you also pee off of, which might have something to do yes. with the coyote staying away. So you, you don't even yeah. pee in the shower. You pee on the porch. No, James, I said I don't pee in the toilet. You got to get your story straight here. Obviously, if I'm soaked up in the shower, I'm not going to go running out on the porch to pee. You just got to let it go where you stand. Come on, man. At what point does all bladder control disappear from your body? Was that in your early 60s or did you have to make it into your 70s before that happened? I don't know. You got to catch me at 1230 in the morning and 2 in the morning and 225 in the morning and then 410 in the morning. And uh, those are all the times that I typically get up to pee and grumble the whole way because I can't believe I'm getting up again when my alarm is about to go off. Maybe maybe you should stop drinking liquids like 16 hours before you go to bed. (laughs) I would dry up like the Crypt Keeper. It's uh, we have this weird thing with hydration today. There's another tweet I saw from a while back. But you know, when we were when we were kids, we'd run outside with nary a drop of water in sight. And now we treat kids like they're beached whales. Like you have to have you know, six <laughs> bottles of water with <laughs> you everywhere right. you go. And I feel like you've fallen for that same fallacy. You are chugging water all day when you have no no possible way of drying out. And then and then you're up all night peeing, and you only you're only in that bed in the, under the weirdest hours anyway. And then you're up at 2.30 because you've already got up to pee nine times overnight. So no, no wonder you can't sleep past 2.30 a.m. Listen, ever since I've had those kidney stones and I have detailed and chronicled those adventures many times on this show, I have made it a point to drink more because working outside at the ranch, I don't always get thirsty, but apparently I'm drying out in the sun like a raisin. So I'm going to make sure, as sure as I can, kidney stones never happen again. And for the record, they continue to happen. How many have you had now? Uh, I have passed three big ones and who knows how many little ones. <laughs> so, so drinking water has done nothing to diminish the flow of kidney stones. Well, I only made this decision. I turned this corner recently after the last big one. That oh it, it shot out. It looked like a piece of Eskimo money. It was that big. Like, it had Sanskrit carvings on it, James. So that's what I said. I've had enough of this. We're going to start drinking a lot more. And ever since then, I have. For as much as you make fun of me for my body trying to kill me, your condition is a million times worse. I don't even think there's like anything they can give you for the pain. And now I am thoroughly disgusted. But at least we know why no one wants the backup role as host on the show. And we also know why no one will be tuning in to watch your community theater. <laughs> James, I'll tell you what, man, after that last one passed, I felt like I could pee over the house. Like, uh, it was just a glorious, glorious moment. But I will spare you any more details than that, because you are quite a sensitive soul. This is true. Please get us out of here before we get any more of your stories. We gotta go. And I mean that in the most literal sense possible, because I haven't peed for the last 26 minutes. But until we meet again, until we get to next Tuesday at 6 in the morning and find out if Breakwell is going to be even crankier than the week before, this is Steve, always in a good mood, lovable, laughable, and always affable. Olivas for James, all the charming attributes of a vampire bat. Breakwell saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and remember, as always, two wrongs can make a right. <laughs>